0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
1: BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere Wednesday, February 17th, wherever and however you're connected Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who has been all in for BYU Athletics since at least 1995, right? Jerem Jordan.
2: Yeah, I remember listening to a, uh, let's see, the 94 Copper Bowl. I could hear KSL in Vancouver, Washington. and that, I remember that day because I actually broke my collarbone playing two-hand touch football. How did that happen? I don't know. It's clumsy. Anyways, uh, yesterday, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo Sent out a video. Thank Cougar fans for their generous donations to help make up part of the $20 million deficit by the end of this year. And uh, here's a taste of what it sounded like.
3: Today, I come to you with a sincere, heartfelt, and awestruck thank you. Thanks to all 7,298 of you who donated during our All In campaign. From a five-year-old little boy to a 102-year-old great-great-grandma. From all 50 states, from Austria to Singapore.
2: Yeah, big time. So nice job, everybody. And uh, almost all the way uh, made up. Still, still uh, a chance to do that. But uh, also, uh, happy birthday to Michael Jordan. 58 years old today. The GOAT. The GOAT. Now you stir in the pot for the LeBron <laughs> fans. But yeah, I'm in the MJ GOAT. You and I are in the MJ GOAT.
1: The era that we we grew up in heavily influences that. yeah, yeah. Incredible effort from BYU uh, athletics and fans. Almost $15 million raised. Yeah,
2: that's crazy, man. That's awesome.
1: Well done, everyone. And uh, we're all in for a jam-packed Wednesday show lineup. We have a lot to do, including discuss the brand new metric for determining seating at the West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament. It doesn't exactly favor... BYU men's basketball, and is there even going to be a WCC tournament for Mark Pope and the Cougars? We'll hear from the head coach on that. Plus, the always passionate Derwin Gray and his wife Vicky join us live. Their critical message bringing to all of BYU athletics uh, something that they feel very strongly about. And BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood makes his 2021 debut on the show to preview the Cougars' season-opening road swing to Texas. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: West Coast Conference releases a new metric to determine conference seating yesterday in collaboration with basketball guru Ken Pomeroy. It's called Adjusted Winning Percentage. BYU is second in both to Gonzaga. The men and women's side. The algorithm accounts for not only wins and losses, but also strength of opponent and location to account for the varying amount of games played and who you played. We'll discuss it uh, in What's Trending, Do We Like It, and uh, wait until you hear Mark Pope's strong opinion mm. on it. Um, yeah, BYU a hair <laughs> like three hundredths ahead of Pepperdine on the, uh, on the men's side. On the women's side, certainly more room for BYU ahead of Santa Clara, but it's interesting. We'll talk about it coming up.
1: A report from John Canzano of the Oregonian went viral via Fox Sports saying Gonzaga and BYU are actively discussing opting out of the WCC tournament. The Zags and Cougars weighing their options about whether or not it's going to benefit them in Las Vegas or if they just say, you know, we're not going down, let's just get ready for the NCAA tournament.
2: We'll play what Mark Pope said last night as well about that coming up. Number 12 women's volleyball swept LMU. Led by uh, Kate Grimmer. 12 kills, hit 6.67. She was awesome. Uh, Taylor Hefo had four aces in the
1: first set, including this. Taylor Hefo with the two aces in back-to-back format. Still on the service line. And Amy Gant, she's got three consecutive aces. She's just tied her career high and done so consecutively. And had one more. She was great.
2: Uh, Same two teams tonight, 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app.
1: Speaking of volleyball, we go to the men's side. Gabi Garcia-Fernandez, the MPSF Offensive Player of the Week, no shocker. <laughs> Second straight week, hit a cool 8:33 in Friday's win over Pepperdine. BYU hosting Grand Canyon Thursday live on the byu TVF.
2: app. Women's golf takes ninth at the Rebel Beach Intercollegiate. Junior Alicia Mae Mateo had the highest finish for BYU, tying for 15th.
1: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: A double dose of massive stories surrounding BYU men's basketball and the West Coast Conference. Let's start with the unveiling of the new Ken Pomeroy adjusted winning percentage seeding metric that is now implemented by the upper officials of the WCC for the approaching Vegas tournament. Uh, Jerem, BYU now has very little room for error to remain as the number 2 seed. They basically got to win out, take care of business, or they could not be the number 2 seed, even though they're clearly in the tournament with Gonzaga. It's a little bit strange. Mark Pope spoke about his uh, opinion of the matter last night on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope.
3: I think it's a little bit of a complicated notion. Um, Instead of taking any of the metrics that we've had all season that all of us are shooting for, that the league is just going to create a metric, you know, two weeks before the the tournament. But you know, I think everyone's trying to do the best they can, and I think there's a lot of teams that look at that list and they're like, I don't understand what's going on, and we've never heard this before, and why are we getting this metric now after the season's been you know mostly fulfilled? Jeremy, you can understand the frustration of
1: Coach Pope based on the net rankings, which we've been told for months on end now is. The most critical metric. BYU's 30-ish in the net, depending on the day. Pepperdine's down around 100. 70 spots yeah, separate Be- the two. 28 today. Okay. 70-plus spots separate the two, yet they are just a fraction away from each other in the West Coast Conference standings. What do you think about this new metric?
2: The league likes Ken Pomeroy more than Google, because Google put together net. I, okay, I agree with what Mark Pope said. If BYU was like clearly out in front of Pepperdine, I'm not sure we'd feel the same way. I, th- I think we have some angst because we're like, whoa, 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 what? If BYU had beaten Pepperdine, this wouldn't be an issue, by the way. So twice, some of this was controllable. Yes, in the one loss. So BYU's a hair ahead of Pepperdine. Here's I have two issues uh, to add to what Mark Pope said. One, St. Mary's is two and four in league and fourth, the fourth seed.
1: Based on who they played.
2: Okay, interesting. They played BYU and Gonzaga, and Pepperdine, right? So they played the top three. Well, so is BYU. Whatever. Uh, and BYU does not know, even if it wins the next couple of games, and Pepper if BYU has three games left, Pepperdine has four. If Pepperdine wins all four and BYU wins the three, we don't know, and the coaching staff and the coaches don't know what they need to do to be higher. Because the algorithm actually isn't explained. It's, it's, it's summarized. <laughs> But they're not telling the teams. Mark Pub doesn't know. Do we need to add another game or not? That's
1: what's frustrating about it. Is there isn't enough of an explanation.
2: Yes. Now, you know, there's there could be some interesting stuff coming down the pipe about the last week of the West Coast Conference season. But I'm, yeah. I why now? Why not a month ago? Then then maybe you you like get some explanation. I don't know. I th- I think it's a little weird. I appreciate the hustle, but uh, and I know that you have to adapt to different circumstances. But the timing is a little weird.
1: Would anybody have any issue if the league just said, you know what, we're going to see based on net, given the weird circumstances? No. Would anybody have any
2: issue with that? I thought they were going to.
1: Does that not make the most sense in this? Let's go with the NCAA's most important metric and just say, you know what, everyone's played different games, they've played different opponents – uh, the net seems to take into account all of those things. So let's just go off what the NCAA says. We'll use the net rankings, and voila Gonzaga's first, BYU second, and things fall appropriately from there. I, I, now, now we're talking about BYU being a, an essential lock for the NCAA tournament this point of uh, February and not being the number two seed in the West Coast Conference tournament because of a new metric that we don't even know the. Real details of?
2: Well, that's BYU's fault. They should have beaten Pepperdine then, right? I, I, I think those are two separate things to me a little bit. But yeah, there is, there is concern about that. I, I don't really care if BYU ends up the three seed and has to play a quarterfinal. That's assuming Gonzaga actually goes.
1: And that's assuming BYU even goes.
2: Which brings us to topic two. Let's go there now. We've addressed Gonzaga potentially opting out of the West Coast Conference Tournament. But what about the Cougars? So you mentioned... John Gonzano, uh, columnist for the Oregonian, I used to have a subscription to that paper, and radio show host tweeted this yesterday. Gonzaga and BYU are weighing whether they should opt out of the West Coast Conference basketball tournament. Nothing in it for either program except risk of injury, bad loss, and infection. They're both NCAA tournament bound regardless. Mm-hmm. WCCADs are talking about this, end quote. Mark Pope responded to this on the Pope show last night.
3: What the final answer is, our outcome is, I don't know what's right. We'll see what's right. I'm I'm sure we have smart people dealing with it that will figure out what's right. But certainly you understand the question for sure. And um, these are questions that we need to consider.
2: The beginning of that was certainly interesting. What the? uh, How much stock are you putting into this report?
1: About as much as I was before. This isn't something new. We already knew that the discussions were happening based on rhetoric around the program. So even though this tweet is official from John Gonzano, it, it doesn't change anything. Like, you have to weigh every option to be smart if you're BYU and Gonzaga, especially knowing that, hey, uh, two top 30 teams, one's probably the top overall seed in the tournament and a legit national championship contender along with Baylor. BYU seems like an eight or a nine seed. If the tournament started today, they'd be in. So why wouldn't they consider, okay, uh, let's take out any chance that we could disqualify ourselves from making the most important tournament by going to Las Vegas and and playing for the WCC championship when we don't have to. BYU and Gonzaga don't have to. Now the optics are still a little bit weird for me with BYU if they yes. said oh, we don't want it because it's wi- yes because they are an eight or a nine seed yes if they BYU- were like a three or a four seed it's like eh, okay a little bit more weight there they're middle of the pack tournament team and so I feel like it it would look it would look weird
2: BYU and Gonzaga are not in the same no, league but I think Gonzaga technically the WCC a, yes
1: Gonzaga I think wants a little bit of support in this effort that Gonzaga they are discussing. Gonzaga wants a friend. Yes, they want a Gonzaga friend Gonzaga to like, wants hey, a fr- come hang out with us. We're not
2: the only one, although they're not afraid to do that. They're, like, If Gonzaga went independent in basketball, that would be awesome. <laughs>
1: like, They can do
2: it, like mm-hmm. Boe football. They could have their own ESPN deal, whatever. The league's like, don't say that! Um, no, I, I, I think it is weird. I, we, here's what I'm guessing is the situation. Gonzaga's in Portland. He's got a connection with the Northwest and Gonzaga. And maybe someone at Gonzaga said, "Oh yeah, we've chatted We're with, talking BYU with BYU about it. BYU. that." Doesn't mean BYU's interested in it per se, but it, I think it depends on how this week goes. <laughs> if BYU beats Pacific and LMU, they have Santa Clara next week. That's a team BYU's dominated historically. Um, and, and again, who knows what happens the next week? Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if there's some kind of you know shakeup in some form. Who knows? If you're the WCC, you're trying to get in like you know a third team somehow or whatever, or just trying to make it so you get the top seed and you get BYU in for sure. Again, $1.7 million over six years total. That's a big thing. You want BYU in if you're the league, for sure. So you gotta, you got to set that up. Who knows how antsy St. Mary's is to try and make some kind of crazy run in Vegas because right now they're totally out. They're not even close. But if BYU if goes well this week, I wouldn't be shocked if there's some serious dialogue about possibly doing that. But right now it's a bad look for BYU. Because you don't want to look entitled, you don't want to look like, oh, well, right now we're in, so we're thinking about it. Whoa, 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 whoa! BYU is like two losses from being out. is probably two losses from being out of the bracket. So BYU's got to be careful. They still have to win, um, and is very aware of that. I, you know, I even I even chatted with Mark Pope about it, uh, uh, maybe more of a national guest for the Pope Show, like next week. He's like, let's see how this week goes. Like he's very dialed into what they need to do this week. At Pacific's going to be a tough game.
1: It was a tough game in Provo.
2: Yes, it was. Double OT at LMU. That's been a weird place for BYU as well. So, oh, the
1: strange I, Gersten Pavilion.
2: I think the Cougars will dominate there. I'm not worried about that one. I am worried about Pacific, though. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really weird right now. And I wouldn't be shocked if BYU ultimately does that, maybe. Maybe. Gonzaga, if they show up in Vegas, I will be just surprised. But BYU, I'm like, go down there and win that thing. Because BYU hasn't won one since 01. 20 when, years! When UNLV was ineligible to win it. I so don't BYU care. had a similar situation when it won the
1: last one. Yeah, time. I don't care if there's an asterisk next to it. Just get that monkey off the bat. Go win a conference tournament. Show up. Leave no doubt. And, and guess what? If BYU runs the table and wins their final three games of the regular season, and maybe a fourth, if there's one added on at the end, we don't know. There could be and then they win the conference tournament, that is six additional wins. Maybe that's something that could bump BYU up a seed line to a seven, greater than an eight or a nine. If
2: BYU is sitting there at 21-5, and they're not an eight or nine. Right. They're a six or seven.
1: Exactly. So there is opportunity for BYU with the remaining games, if they win that conference tournament, to climb up a seed line and be in a way better position to win that first-round game.
2: And maybe you give yourself leeway for another loss. Let's say BYU did somehow lose to Pacific on Thursday. If you could beat Pepperdine and or St. Mary's again, or, Problem solved. or maybe twice, depending on the matchups, maybe that gives you a chance to give yourself that extra loss, but still be in. Again, the ultimate goal is not for BYU to be an 8 or 9. It's to be in the tournament. Okay, I think we've lost sight of that part of it. We've been like, okay, maybe they're a single-digit seed. To me, it's like, just get in. Just, if BYU was a tw- stumbled and was a twelve. Whatever. I'm okay, I'm Whatever. okay with it's that. Been six years. I love a five twelve. I hate an eight <laughs> nine. So I'd be totally fine with that.
1: The BYU basketball resume update presented by BYU Food to Go. The MVP of your next event, Jeremy. As you mentioned, BYU plus one from yesterday in the net. Look at that up to number twenty eight. They've been floating around twenty seven to thirty for the last few weeks. Look at KPI, bro. KPI. Nineteen. BYU is a top 20 team in the KPI what? metric. We don't Ten-pon understand 31. One. Basketball power index, they've gone up plus 3. And strength of record at 28. Jerem, all of these metrics are very, very strong for BYU. So if Gotta win. they win the remaining three games and then win the WCC tournament, those metrics aren't going to get worse. And the case for BYU to you'd, be even higher on the seed line should be okay. You'd
2: think not, but depends well, got, how things shake out. Two
1: quad, two uh, games this week, both on the road. Let's go. Our question of the day. Do you feel the new West Coast Conference basketball Ken Pomeroy adjusted win metric is fair or not? Why? Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, and go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jacob Gibb answers on Twitter. It's a good solution, even if the actual
1: math is a mystery. Knowing that it likely accounts for strength of schedule, actual win-loss record, and maybe simulates full seasons, it's about as fair as we're going to get this season.
2: I agree with that, but my issue is that you don't know what you need to do in the future. You don't know how it will be affected. That's my issue with it.
1: Is it more fair than the net rankings?
2: Yes, because it's specific to your league. and Yeah, I I think it is. Coming up, Zach Wilson signs a ton of helmets.
1: Plus, the always passionate and fabulous Derwin Gray, former NFL and BYU football standout, and his lovely wife, Vicki Gray, make an appearance on the show. The important message they're bringing to all of BYU Sports Nation. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you
2: missed BYU basketball with Mark Pope, it's on demand on the BYU TV app, where you can watch it right after us, coming up 1 Eastern today on BYU TV.
1: We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We presented the top five power couples of BYU athletics yesterday, current athletes. Now we present an all-time power couple at BYU, former... Cougar football star and NFL defensive back Derwin Gray and his valedictorian lovely wife, Vicky, both joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. It's great to have both of you on the show. How are you today?
4: Uh, we, are, we are doing great. It's, it's like walking down uh memory lane for us and so it's uh it's beautiful vicky got to talk to some uh some jab throwers yesterday and uh because she threw the jab on that that was one of the things that attracted me to her is i was like not only she's beautiful but she could kill me at the same time it was was just incredibly intoxicating man um so it was awesome but we are so thankful for uh Tom and Liz, and just the BYU community, allowing us to come back and share uh, with the athletes, and and what we're doing here is we are we are trying to be a part of. What does it look like to root out racism? And and on the face of it, um, that seems like a simple question, but always below and underneath there are things that are lurking. And so what we want to try to do is to help create a context and an environment where all people feel welcome and love. And so we've been meeting with various groups and, and our biggest theme is this conversation needs to be rooted and take place in the person of Jesus Christ. So I've been sharing the story of the good Samaritan and how a Samaritan was not supposed to be the hero of that story because Jews and Gentiles in the first century world had ethnic conflict. Like, like it was deep, Mm But yet Jesus tells this story where an unlikely person exhibits unlikely love to someone that's supposed to be an enemy. And what we got to understand is at the end of the day, rooting out racism becomes love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, the key, though, is, is this is oftentimes when we are in bubbles of sameness, we begin to think that everybody's like us. And the reality is God loves an array of people. God loves diversity. You see it in creation. You see it even within the human race, various ethnicities. And we miss out on God's beauty when we cut out other voices, And one of the illustrations that I gave that I think really connected was this. So in elementary school, uh, most people wrote on a right-handed desk, right? Even if you were left-handed, you wrote on a right-handed desk. For us who were right-handed, it was great. But for those who were left-handed, it was not great. So for those who were right-handed, we had right privilege, doesn't mean we didn't work hard. It just meant the desk was made for us. Left-handed people worked even harder because the desk wasn't made for them. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes we see the world from, well, doesn't everybody have a right hand? No, there are people with left hands and love says, let's go make more left-handed desk mm-hmm. so that left-handed people can recognize that left-handed people lives matter too. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And, you know, the other aspect, I think probably what we've spent a lot of time communicating, especially to the support staff, which, by the way, the athletic student athlete support system that BYU has now is so incredible. We've just been really impressed, very encouraged, like really just top notch quality leadership, um, people of character. It's been really, really encouraging. But probably my biggest message that I've just been trying to help them see is, You may not be able to fix problems that your student athletes are experiencing, but the most important thing you can do is journey with them. Be an ally. Don't dismiss their experiences just because you've not experienced it. Don't dismiss something they may have experienced. Do your best to go to bat for them, but let them know that you're on their side. And it really means a world of difference to somebody who, and and myself, I'm, actually considered a minority when I was at BYU because I'm non-LDS. And so um, my coach, the head track coach at the time, Craig Poole, who's like a legend in BYU track and field, right? Um, He always made me feel like he was on my side. Mm -hmm. And regardless, he loved me unconditionally. And so I knew I had an ally in him and I knew I could go to him and he would be supportive of me. Yeah.
1: You both talked about uh, how impressed you've been with the current state of the athletic support program, yet there are still challenges remaining. So where where do we start to combat those challenges as we unite together and try and root out racism? Yeah, you,
4: you know, so so um, as we have talked to student athletes, if we've, as we've talked to the support staff, is how do you bridge the gap between um, school faculty, administration, um, the lack of sometimes of cross-cultural currency because the athletes feel safer in their athletic um, teams. Mm-hmm. So how do you translate that to the classroom too when you um, are not around the athletes? And, and so we've talked about uh, making connections where athletes and administrators and teachers have meetings and connection points where it's not based on class, but just to get to know another human being. Right. Um, also, um, looking at strategic ways to create cross-cultural learning, cross-cultural competency. And at the end of the day, love is sacrificial. Am I willing to love you enough to learn about you and what you've experienced and your culture? Um, that's what love does. And, and so as a model and as an example, so when when Jesus comes to earth, he was not affected by sin, right? So he's like perfect. He's sinless. Us, humanity, was affected by sin, and his incarnation is God saying, I want to learn about you. I I want to see what you're experiencing because that's what love does. Love goes into your place of pain and bring healing. Love says, I want to hear your story. I mean, Jesus, the woman at the well in history between Jews and Gentiles, a Jewish rabbi should have never gone to Samaria, let alone to meet a woman at the well. And what does he do? Hey, can I have a drink from you? In Jewish culture, that is unheard of. But yet God is saying, I'm going to show you another way. So so we need to pay more attention to Jesus. Right. Like we need to really listen to his words. And when he challenges us on our presuppositions, when he challenges us on our prejudices, when he challenges us on our stereotypes, we need to bow a knee to him and say your way is the best way.
2: Hey, amen to that. Hey, amen. Literal and figurative. Amen. Um, It's Black History Month. (laughs) How important is it for Cougar Nation to to learn more about it? And obviously, the movement during the summer is certainly influential, and and it's way more relevant than it's ever been, especially in in other white communities.
5: Yeah, I think um, one of the things that's really important is it's a great opportunity, right, for us to learn more about black history. And I'll give you an example. We learned um, just the other day that the founder of the city of Chicago was an African-American. Like, why did we not know that? Right. There's so many like there was a great lawman of the West who was African-American. There's all these things we're just now learning that we're like, wow, we've never really celebrated um, heroes of the African-American faith, except for maybe Martin Luther King Jr. or Rosa Parks. And so I think learning those things is really, really important. I think the caution is let's not make it only February every year. Like let's make this conversation normative that we are celebrating um, people of all color in all areas. And so it can tend to be, oh, this is the month where we have the African-American speaker come. That's something that we've experienced. And Quite frankly, sometimes I'll be like, no, he's not going in February. Um, and I really, listen to
3: her. <laughs> just to make a point.
5: To say there's 11 a- other months he can speak. <laughs> I, I was a javelin so, um But no, I'm like, there's 11 other months he can speak.
1: <laughs> Derwin and Big so Gray.
4: Can, so, 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 like, you guys think I'm the tough one. Like, I keep her out of jail. You guys need to understand that.
1: <laughs> Derwin and Vicky, great <laughs> with us on BYU Sports Nation. Always working for each other for the greater good in relationships, and certainly in matters of racism. Um, I do want to ask about the emotional connection that both of you have had with the student athletes. Take us inside the rooms and give us an idea of the feeling that you have had, both of you, as you have talked with these student athletes and how they've been receptive to this message.
4: Yeah, yeah, you, you know. Um... Uh, Both of us deeply care about BYU because our lives were impacted here. And so as you're looking at these young men, young women is 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 you see yourself and you also see who they can become. Uh, You also see the treasure that's in them and you want to bring that um, um, out of them. And so the emotional connection's been cool because a lot of them, um, I've been following them since they got their first offers from, BYU like I've known Chaz like I've been talking to Chaz since he was a sophomore in high school like like I've been talking to Jaron since he was a sophomore in high school Um, I remember when uh, when uh, what what they call him a psycho T you know was this (laughs) walk-on dude that nobody knew what position he was going to play we we went to church together he was humble next thing I know dude got 1100 yards about to go to the NFL and like we appreciate that they honored us. Um, there was a non-mandatory meeting for the black student athletes to meet us like it's seven o'clock at night. And I know they got to be tired. I mean, it's very grueling being a student athlete. And I thought maybe three or four kids would, would come. I mean, it was utterly packed. And they are number 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 one, intelligent. Number two, they are deep thinkers about life and why they're here. Uh, I was impressed with their level of maturity. Um, I was impressed with their patience, but also uh, my heart hurt for some of the experiences that they have had. And I think that's why cross-cultural competency is so important. And when I use that word cross-cultural competency, what I mean is, Having the patience and love to learn the story of another. That is one of the most precious gifts you can give another human being is I want to know your story. And as you learn their story, uh, proximity breeds intimacy and intimacy is into me, you see. And what we're trying to share with the students is as a minority and sometimes as a double minority, not only are you receiving from BYU, but we would like to believe that as non LDS that we have brought gifts to BYU as well, that we have made BYU better as well. And so what I was saying to them is, man, when I first got here, I had a, my freshman year, I had a 1.41 GPA. Now I write books. I'm writing a book. Now I speak around the world and, uh, I was a compulsive stutterer. So imagine what, what you can do, like there's greatness in you. uh, But we want to advocate on their behalf that if you want things to change, you got to knock on the door and keep knocking until you knock it down.
1: Well, we love and appreciate both of you, and uh, the message that you bring is one that is so important. So thank you for taking time out of your very busy personal lives to fly to Provo, to meet with the student-athletes, and, uh, frankly, to give all of BYU Sports Nation this message. Uh, We can't uh, thank you enough. So we appreciate the time, and, uh, yeah, we uh, we send our love to you. Thank you all. Derwin and Vicky Gray with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
2: What a great message, right, that we all need. And uh, like I've been saying for a couple weeks, there's a place for everybody at BYU. I think there's a stigma that it's like white members of the church, Jesus Christ the latter saying, no, 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 no. There's a place for Vicky. There's a place for Derwin. There's a place for everybody. And, uh, you know, like on the men's volleyball team, I love it. It's very international. A lot of guys that aren't uh, from, from sure. uh, the U.S. or even the church. There's a kid from Latvia. Uh, the kids who's Lebanese now, I'm like, this is great because this place has something to offer for everyone.
1: Yes. Davide and Gabi. And I mean, there are so many. There's
2: a Latvian kid as well. Like, let's go. Yeah. This can be a great place for that. I, I love it I so much. Absolutely, love And I love it.
1: that he referenced Tyler Algier as well.
2: Yeah. Psycho T. Psycho T. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
1: The double minority is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a unique thing at BYU. Yep. And so it's great to see that uh, that communication happening.
2: Coming up, Mike Littlewood on the start of the baseball season Friday.
1: And which prominent NFL analyst is taking Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence? There's another one, Jerem. It's not just one guy anymore. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Yo, Kate Grimmer. The Grim
2: Reaper had 12 kills last night for number 12 BYU against LMU. That's free, Spencer. You can do that. Hey. Two tangle again tonight, 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Undefeated BYU.
1: Listen, she was trying to keep pace with Gabi Garcia-Fernandez. We talked about it on the broadcast.
2: She's awesome, man. She's the lefty oppo. Love a lefty oppo. Let's go. This
1: team is young, and they are talented, and they are undefeated in ranked 12th. He is Jeremiah. Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
2: Mark Schlereth, formerly of ESPN, told 104.3 The Fan in Denver. What's up, Sam Fraser? That he is not so sure he wouldn't take Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> is that a hot take?
1: It still is a hot take. It's Even so hot. Even though he's like the second prominent NFL analyst to Who's do this. Who's the other one to say? Uh, last week, I'm try- I was trying to remember the name of the whole commercial break. Uh, but we brought this up last week. Somebody else said it. Yeah. Uh, I'll figure it out by the time the segment's over. So Schlereth adds his voice. It's still super hot. Like Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one, but this does add fuel to the fire, pun intended, for Zach Wilson to go as a top two pick. If it's not the Jets, who's going to trade up? And get Zach Wilson uh, somewhere in those first few picks.
2: There are things that Zach does that are better than Trevor, but I would take Trevor first overall.
1: I love that Schler said, well, because it's negative 18 degrees outside, uh, I don't have much else to do, so I just watched a bunch of Zach Wilson footage.
2: Listen, it was Mina Kimes over the weekend. It's Mark Schlereth now. Like, people are watching. He's a big deal.
1: Zach Wilson posted this video of a room full of swag that he had to sign yesterday.
2: I mean, it is (laughs) endless. It's like... Two hundred helmets, dude. Yes. Oh my gosh!
1: And I know it says singing, but he meant maybe signing. he was singing while he was signing. You
2: got to drop to the fourth pick because, no,
1: Jerem, When was the last time you were asked to sign that much stuff?
2: Uh, never. I never will be. No one cares. <laughs> um, oh yeah, actually, the last time we went to uh, uh, you know a mission conference, safety zone, they were just like,
1: sign my name tag, safety zone, sign my name tag. No, we've signed a few pictures. <laughs> But nothing even
2: close. My favorite is when someone's like, hey Spencer, can you and I'm like, Yes. (laughs) I don't dare tell them.
1: I don't have the heart, yeah. What's
2: up, Jerem? I'm just excited to be What's up, Jerem? I'm just excited to be recognized by my family, let alone anybody else. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean after seven. When I come home, I just
2: wanna hug for my kid. That's all the validation I need. After
1: seven plus years and almost two thousand shows, it's you know, Jerem Spencer, whatever.
2: I just want to be like Gregor Bell one day.
1: (laughs) Coming up, bowl cuts and dunks. Plus, why Mike Littlewood feels good about his baseball team, adding to the BYU dominance of Texas. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: Did Mike ever have a bowl cut?
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get ready for Cougar Hoops in March with a chance to win one of five BYU basketball
2: fan packs that includes an autographed basketball Roku to watch the Cougs on BOE TV or otherwise, official team shirt, poster, and more. Go to com for details. Giveaway runs through February 24th. BYU broadcasting employees and relatives are ineligible. Mark Pope read that off the teleprompter last night.
1: Mark Pope can handle it was, just about yeah, anything.
2: It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. He
1: can handle just about anything. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Another guy who can handle basically any situation you can dream up of uh, is BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood on What's the up? Desert First Credit Union hotline. Coach, it's so fantastic to be talking baseball. How are you feeling right now?
6: I'm feeling so good, except when I look outside, then I, when I look on the news and see Austin has uh, the same amount of snow as we do, So, and that's where we're headed. But um, I'm feeling good about things, yeah.
1: Yeah, BYU baseball is working through the snow, and like you said, we didn't know that it was going to be following you to Texas. But just out of curiosity, how's the heated field looking at Miller Park right now?
6: Uh, you cannot see any turf at all; it's all snow. But but uh, we we'll, we should be able to see a little turf at, at about five p.m. Although we're so lucky here to have the indoor practice facility that um, we can do full scrimmages in there, and that's where we'll be today. And it's just it's awesome to have that. Okay, you're
2: headed to Texas, like you mentioned, to play Texas State. We're going to call this the Eric Mateos Bowl since he was at Texas State and then BYU, and now he's at Baylor. But uh, then you're playing uh, UT, a big one. Uh, you know, So there is a bit of news, though, regarding Friday's game. Do you mind telling us the latest on the shifting of the schedule?
6: Yeah, I actually just got off the phone with uh, Coach Trout at Texas State. They They shut down school through Friday just because of the weather and the power outages and different things. A lot of their players don't even have power in their apartments and so they're kind of dealing with that they had he sent me a picture they had like four to six inches of snow on their field which is wow it's like it's a one in a hundred year storm I mean, it's just crazy and so um it it was supposed to be really cold on friday and i think it's a good decision so we're going to just basically bump our friday game to tuesday so we'll still play four games but we won't play friday we'll play a doubleheader saturday starting at noon texas time and then it gets pretty tough we'll play uh monday tuesday at texas state and then we, we were supposed to have Tuesday off, and then we'll go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Texas. So it's uh, going to be a full week of baseball.
1: We're warming up our arms just in case. Yeah, do you have <laughs> enough
6: pitchers for that? <laughs> How's, yeah, how we'll is, get two more flights if you guys can throw, <laughs> I promise you.
1: How is the pitching staff looking? Because we know that at this level of baseball, when you get into the college ranks, and certainly minor and major re, uh, league ranks, that it, a lot of it is pitching. So what's the pitching staff look like right now?
6: It looks really good. The, the only, uh, we have a little ding with Tyson Eaton, who's one of our top six pitchers, started a couple games as a freshman last year. Um, he's out for another week or two, just kind of, he, he uh, came back from COVID, did some things too quickly. And so he's got a little bit of an issue, but he'll be back with us in a couple of weeks. Other than that, we look great. Um, this is the most depth we've, we've ever had since I've been here. Um, we have a lot of guys who have great velocity, can have good command, can really, really pitch. And I feel like we have, probably a dozen options to go to in games that, um, that I really feel comfortable in getting guys out. Sometimes you're like, you send a guy out there and you're like, oh, please hit it to us. It's going to get hit, but please hit it to us. That's our <laughs> only chance. But, but these guys are different, and we got different guys, uh, a couple left-handers in the low 90s, uh, Mabius and Co- uh, Cooper McKeon and Boston Mabius, and, and we, we just have, uh, I like our well-rounded staff, so we just need some experience, some Division One baseball experience.
2: Who are some of the newcomers that stick out that will have an impact this season?
6: Well, I think Boston Mayius is on the on the pitching side is going to be one of them. He's a left hander, return missionary, ninety ninety two, really good uh, 12-6 curveball, developing a good change. He'll spray it around just a little bit here and there, but but um, he may start one one of the games at Texas State or Texas. We, we haven't decided that yet. He'll be a key for us uh, on the offensive side. Cole Gamble. Uh, transfer from went to lone peak high school transfer from salt lake community college will start in right field for us uh six four good uh, left-handed hitter uh really good defensive outfielder and and so we're looking for uh big things from him but you look all around our our field even hayden latham last year who was two-time conference player of the year in juco and like preseason um all-american juco he came and struggled a little bit last year we just but he's looking really good this year. It's just experience. The one nice thing I'll say is our hitters over the fall and early early winter right now since January when we got back, they're facing incredible pitching every single day. So there's really nothing that's going to surprise them when um, when they step on the field and face Texas or Texas State, who are really two incredible teams. So And then Oregon State and then Utah. So it doesn't get easier after this.
1: BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, how would you sum up the emotions and the atmosphere of the locker room right now? Because it's been my lights
6: just went off. Okay, hey,
1: motion detector. <laughs> Let's get some light back on you that hold beautiful face. Really
6: still, wow. <laughs> How yeah. would you sum up? It the... does that every once in a while. Yeah
1: the the emotions and atmosphere of, of a locker room that hasn't played against another opponent really in what feels like almost a year.
6: Yeah, I'm, they're ready to go. They really are. It, it seems. Uh, who was it? Danny Jelich came to me yesterday. We were, we were in the IPF hitting. He goes. Man, it seems like it seems like two years since we played, and I had a couple of players say that to me yesterday. And just that, and we've heard we've heard a couple. Interestingly enough, we've heard from a couple other coaches that have have talked to our staff and said that their first couple games out, they they didn't see the energy that they really wanted out of their teams. And so we had a little bit of a talk with our guys, like, hey, this is hopefully at this point in life after this last year, you you don't take one day for granted. I mean, you're going out every day is a blessing that you get to play put a uniform on and play this game. And so um, I think the excitement's there. Um, I think we're ready to go overall. You were picked fourth
2: in the preseason poll, but no individuals were put on the preseason team. Was that seen as a slight at all?
6: Well, if you look at our stats last year, I wouldn't have put anybody on either. Um, (laughs) We we hit 200 as a team, and I was surprised we were voted fourth, to be honest with you. And and I, I never – you guys know this. I don't really – I don't even look at those. I don't really care about them. In fact, the, the worst year we ever had, we were voted first, if you guys remember that. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it's it's all about how you end. And I'm, with our tough schedule that we've got, um, after this Texas trip, we go to Oregon State. and then we what, What's going to be kind of fun, and hopefully we'll, we'll allow some fans in, we play Utah on a weekend series, which we haven't done since because we're not in the same league. So we're always playing Utah on a midweek. So we're throwing our bullpen against their bullpen. And now we get to face, face them head-to-head in a, in a three-game series, our best pitcher against their best starters. Um, so it's going to be kind of fun that way.
2: What's the coolest bat, or who ha- gave you the coolest bat behind you?
6: Well, there's one from Dominican um, that they use. That's uh, kind of a, a bat that they use. It's like they use this with, um, with these little uh, kind of like bottle caps that they throw. They'll move a lot. Um, <laughs> wow. So this is kind of a cool one yeah and then the one i remember the most
2: this is an interactive
6: interview it's it's a skinny fungo that that i got when i was at alta high school and we got invited to uh alta wasn't very good a couple years before i got there and we got invited to this tournament in anaheim i think it was called um gosh the top cards or something like that anyway it was uh and we got this fungo and i when i first got this fungo i thought i'm gonna keep every every new fungo i get and just keep a collection, and so over thirty years, that's what you see behind me. So awesome,
1: fantastic stuff, Mike Littlewood with the San BYU Sports Nation. Heaven forbid you have to deal with the COVID postponement or even cancellation in the approaching season. But what are the protocols in place if somebody does test positive, so that you can hopefully keep playing and keep that player or players in isolation?
6: Yeah, so baseball is is kind of a, a mid contact sport, so we have different protocols call than than basketball or golf Uh, we all have different ones and so um we we tested friday we tested monday we'll get our results today if anybody's positive then we contact trace and then they go into quarantine for the specified amount of time i think it's 10 days from first symptoms and um bump somebody else on the travel squad and if anybody we really try to hound the guys you know it's just a way of life now that that you wear these that's just part of part of the deal and so we really try to hound them at, at practice when you're anywhere except on the field. You're, you've got your mask on. That way, if somebody tests is positive and you contact Trace, then you can say, yeah, I had my mask up. I, I wasn't around them for 15 minutes. And I'll, you know, answer all the questions honestly. And then you get to go. If, if you don't, um, then you get to quarantine as well. And so I think they understand the importance of all that. But I just told the guys, and I think they've got a, a good perspective of you wake up today, tackle today. And then let's see what tomorrow brings when we wake up tomorrow. And and, uh, there's going to be some disappointments. I know there's going to be some series canceled, I would think. Uh, We'll try to find somebody else to play, and if we can't, we'll we'll play each other and, and move on and try to develop these guys the best we possibly can this spring.
1: Coach, great to catch up with you. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to take with you to Texas. Hopefully it warms up the weather down there and brings back a lot of Ws for BYU baseball.
6: All right, thanks. Love you guys. All right,
1: Coach Littlewood, with us on BYU Sports Station, we love him too. Absolutely, the love is shared. We're hey, all, we're sharing the love.
2: I really do love Mike Littlewood. He's he's the he's best. He's So
1: good looking, right? He's the best. Oh, trust me. Talk to my wife. Yeah, Brittany, my, my about wife
2: it. too. Big fan. Yeah, big <laughs> fan of the baseball team. I'm like, why why are you always watching the BYU baseball game? Why is
1: your crush on the baseball coach so public? Wow, it's
2: so <laughs> weird. And we just brought it up. Coming up, we'll show you a picture of Rick Mujeres.
1: Plus, is Corbin Kafusi making a play? At two professional sports? What? This is BYU
0: Sports Nation. Big dude now, man. BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout Shout Out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV
1: and BYU radio apps.
2: There's a podcast. You can download it. Uh, just Google it. Uh, BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, review, and give us that five-star rating.
1: Our question of the day. Do you feel the new West Coast Conference basketball Ken Pomeroy, adjusted win metric, is fair or not and why? Let's get to our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from the Grizz father, Russell Grizz, in on the Twitter machine. Since when is life fair, he asks.
2: Dad, is that you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, and let's talk about baseball for a sec. They already scrapped the tournament, right?
1: Didn't no they, West Coast Conference. Didn't they say
2: they're like no baseball. The regular season champion
1: earn. will earn the auto bid into the NCAA tournament.
2: Yeah, and we haven't heard whether that's fewer teams. Women's volleyball has gone from sixty-four to forty-eight, so that's different. You know, they're just if you can't adapt, you can't survive in twenty twenty-one. So yeah, just what? How are we going to handle today? How are we going to handle today? And frankly, that's all of us right now. Given the weather across the country, obviously being in a pandemic. So you just you just do the best you can in that moment.
1: It's interesting to see Joe Lunardi, the ESPN bracketologist, put out different types of brackets: sixteen team, forty eight team, sixty eight team. Oh, I just seen wondering, that like, interesting. hey, what if there's something weird that happens and we've got to like shrink yeah. the tournament down to forty eight teams? Okay. So it's been fun. Like BYU is like one of the last teams in and if it were BYU, a forty eight team yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, today's rise and shoutouts oh, wow. presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward.
2: Yesterday, we debuted the deep blue for Cody Fegar, and in it, we showed a photo of him with a bowl cut with Rick Majerus. So there's a lot going on here. Just take it in, <laughs> Cody. Bring
1: it back, uh, yeah. Bring it
2: back. Spencer Johnson tweeted that. Uh, yeah, NBA gear, Utah Ute gear. Yeah, Need Cody with fence. The... Cody looks good with the bowl cut, though. I'm going to be honest. Cody's awesome, dude. I love
1: Cody, Cody is awesome. I would, like, secretly like to see that haircut make a return. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious.
2: haircut now awesome.
1: <laughs> Way better. Yeah, very, very sharp guy. Okay, my riser shout-out goes to Corbin Kafusi, Jerem, who tweeted at Stephen Adams yesterday, hey – uh, what do you think of my form? Do I have what it takes to get into the NBA? He's he's this throwing down Gustin, dunks. By the way, okay, yeah. So he's playing with Lauren Gustin's brother, who plays for the Cleveland Browns, and oh. throwing down alley oop dunks is a three hundred and forty pound man.
2: Corbin's a big dude, man. He is that O line life, you know. Uh, yeah, gets the alley oop, and
1: uh, is gets, he the next Stephen Adams?
2: Do you remember when? Uh, <laughs> Corbin was listed at 60 no 6'10 on the oh, basketball well. roster but then on football he was 6'9.
1: Yes, I do remember this. <laughs> like what are you? Yeah, what whatever it is to help the cause to the next level. I'm actually
2: 6'6, that's crazy.
1: Sure. Uh huge thanks to today's guests Mike Littlewood and the Grays. Durwin oh, and were Vicky were incredible. Great. They're doing an important work at BYU.
2: Yay, a marvelous wonder, Seriously. right? Yeah, what they're doing is really, really special. And by the way, they're not just doing it with the student athletes; they're doing it with other just students on campus. Everyone. It's not just the student athletes. So it's yeah, it's a big deal. And obviously, we've had Derwin on a bunch. We had him on during the summer, and uh, it's always great to hear from Durwin. It was great to hear from Vicky. She's cool, man. Yes,
1: a javelin thrower.
2: Listen. And the valedictorian. Don't mess with the javelin thrower. We learned that today. For
1: real. <laughs> Our thanks uh, again to today's guests. A fantastic show.
2: to Dennis Pennett ran out of time, I guess we're way, way better than you would have been. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYU.
1: For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Wally Joyner. BYU basketball with Mark Pope. Up next. And BYU Women's Volleyball tonight, live on the BYU TV app at 9 Eastern. Go Cougs.